0: told why they were negligent. We're just told that they were in the verse. And so they ran out of the one thing needed to get into the wedding feast, the oil. Now don't miss this, because when the call went out, every one of them wake up. Not a one of them are asleep anymore. Everybody begins preparing their lamps, and these five foolish ones begin to discover that their lamps have burned out and they're empty because they used up all the oil they had. The wise bridesmaids had prepared, but they only had enough for their own lamps. They didn't have enough to give of their own oil to those who had none. So when you look at these bridesmaids from the outside, all of these bridesmaids, they looked Identical. They were all dressed appropriately in their wedding garments. They all had their torches to carry in the wedding procession, but they weren't truly alike because five were ready and five were not. So the foolish bridesmaids, they tried to borrow oil from the wise ones, but they couldn't. I ain't got enough to give to you. I barely got enough myself with the extra that I brought to get me uh, into the wedding feast. So it's not because here that these, wed- these, these wise bridesmaids were selfish. It wasn't that they had a, a hard heart. They knew if they loaned them oil, first of all, nobody would make it because there wouldn't be enough oil to keep the lamp lit long enough to get into the house. But there's an even greater principle here that we need to learn, that as believers we're to always be watching for the Lord's return. We have to be wise and not foolish in in our watching. That's the point of of Jesus' parable here uh, of these ten virgins, five foolish, five wise. So what does that say, uh, and what does each part of this parable represent? Well, of course the bridegroom is Jesus himself. The virgins here, these bridesmaids, are those who profess to be believers. Now, five of them are genuine, and five of them are not. They all profess to be believers, but there were five here who who didn't have what was genuinely to be there to be part of the wedding feast. The lamps represent their lives, uh, that is the testimony, the witness, the heart, uh, and the profession uh, that the that the wise bridesmaids were making. The oil is the provision. Of righteousness. It's the supply of the Holy Spirit that's to fill the lamps, that's to fill our lives. So here's the point. If you truly know Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, you are going to have the indwelling Holy Spirit within your life. There's going to be a transformation from the inside out. There's a lot of people even today who profess with their lips that they're a Christian, but their lives are far from it. Notice the principle here, that there are some things that you can't borrow. You can borrow salt, you can borrow sugar, you can borrow silver, but you cannot borrow salvation. And so even though you're saved, you can't become another person's savior. Even though you've received the grace of God, you cannot impart the grace of God. In other words, I can give my life for you, but I can't give my life to you. These five foolish virgins, they never truly belonged to the wedding party. They managed to dress uh, like the others, they managed to act like the other bridesmaids, but now they had been exposed for who they really were. You know, there's coming a day when the bridegroom comes again that all those who make a false profession with their lips but don't have Christ in their heart are going to be exposed for who they really are. So they're not like uh, the people Paul spoke of in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 5 that says they have the appearance of godliness, but they deny its power. The Bible says avoid such people. Now remember that this parable, uh, this parable Jesus said in verse 1 is about the kingdom of heaven and so here's the point you can be a church member without being a kingdom citizen you can be a member of the church and yet not be a part of the kingdom of god in other words you can come to church and not be saved From your sins. It all depends on whether or not you truly have surrendered to the Lordship of Christ and you have the indwelling Holy Spirit burning in your heart. Notice three words, very tragic words in this instance. The bridegroom came. Three simple but powerful words. The bridegroom came. One day, the bridegroom is coming again one day the shout will come and listen to what it's going to be like as paul tells us in 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 16 it says for the lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. So be wise and be watchful. But here's the final one. Be warned be warned. Pick up with me, if you will, in verse verse 10, going into verse 11. We'll pick up at the the beginning of verse 10 again. So it says, And while they were going to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. What another powerful but tragic phrase. Afterward, verse 11, The other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered in verse 12, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So get the picture here. By the time the foolish bridesmaids get there, it's too late. The last five words of verse 10 will stop some dead in their tracks when it says, and the door was shut. When I read those words, it takes me back in my mind to the Old Testament. You remember in the Old Testament uh, when Noah had been commanded by God to build an ark? And he built that great, huge ark, and he preached for over a hundred years the message of repent, turn to God, repent, turn to God. And only his family members and their wives were the only ones who went into the ark and who were saved. When you read about that in Genesis In chapter 7 and verse 15 to verse 16, after all the animals had come into the ark, after all his family had come into the ark, after the appeal had been made for everybody to come to be saved, notice what Genesis 7 verse 15 and verse 16 says. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered male and female of all flesh went in as God had commanded him. And the Lord shut him in." You ever thought about that? It wasn't Noah who closed the door to the Ark. The Bible tells us the Lord shut him in. This is a door of exclusion and inclusion. You know, sometimes we're accused as we hear, as we share the gospel, that, that people say, well, well, your gospel is exclusive. It is inclusive because all you have to do is to turn and receive Jesus as your Lord and your Savior, and you would be safe. That's what would have happened for those people with Noah and the ark there. If they had repented and come into the ark with Noah and his family, they would have all been saved. But the door was shut, and the rains came down. And the floods came up. People began to scream, let us in, let us in. And there was no letting them in. Even if Noah wanted to, he couldn't, because it was the Lord who shut them in. Think about what happened here in this passage. All who were in the wedding party, who went in, to the wedding feast were saved. Everybody who was on the outside that was left were lost. It wasn't that they didn't have the same opportunity as the others. They had the exact same opportunity. They could have been prepared too. The, the illustration Jesus is showing here, if they had simply trusted in God, if they had trusted in what Jesus had come to do for them on the cross. Not only were these bridesmaids shut out from the presence of the bridegroom, they were separated from the wise bridesmaids. Now the wise women, they went in. The foolish, they were shut out. When Jesus comes back, understand this, there are going to be family members who are going to be separated from one another. There are going to be husbands and there are going to be wives who are going to be separated. There are going to be parents and there are going to be children who are going to be separated. There's going to be friends and brothers who are going to be separated. And the door was shut. Can I tell you the worst thing that can ever happen to a human being is to enter into eternity, either because of death or the second coming of Jesus, and to find the door of heaven shut and to be on the outside looking in. You ever had an experience or know someone who has and you're, you're running through an airport to, uh, with your suitcases in your hands and, and you know you've only got minutes to get there uh, to make that flight and then you get to the gate and the door is shut and you go to the agent and, and you pull out your boarding pass and you show, i got a ticket, I've got my ticket to be on this plane. And you go to the agent, you show it. I've got to get on that plane and the agent says you can't get on it. And then you say, but I see the plane is sitting right there. I can see it. Why can't you open the door? And here's what the agent's going to say. Federal law is when the door is shut, nobody's allowed on that plane. You can see the plane. You can see all the passengers on board looking through the windows, but there you are on the outside looking in somebody once said that too often opportunity knocks but by the time you disengage the chain push back the bolt unlock the two locks and shut off the burglar alarm it's too late and that's exactly what jesus is saying in verse 13 when he says watch therefore for you know neither the day nor the hour Jesus is going to come one day and it's going to be without warning either at the end of time or on the day of your death either way you better be ready and so the question for all of us this morning is are you ready I'm not asking if you've ever walked down an aisle of a church. I'm not asking if you've ever joined a church. I'm not asking, uh, do you believe in the second coming of Jesus? I'm not asking if you've ever been baptized. I'm asking, are you ready to meet Jesus? In early 1874, an inventor named Elisha Gray transmitted a few musical notes over a telegraph wire. He thought to himself, if I can send music, perhaps I could send a human voice. The New York Times reported predictions of a talking telegraph, and the public began to grow eager for it. Just one year later, Gray believed he had the answer. Tin can-like voice chambers connected by a wire in a liquid that could turn vibrations into signals is what came to his mind. But for some reason, he didn't put his idea on paper for two months. And finally, after making a sketch, he waited four more days before he went to the patent office. When he arrived, Mr. Gray was told that just two hours earlier, a schoolteacher had come through that same door with his own sketch and had already applied for the patent. His name was Alexander Graham Bell. When you compared the sketches, when you compared the voice chambers, when you compared the wire and the liquid, everything was identical. The reason we know Alexander Graham Bell and until today have never heard of Elisha Gray is simply this, because one man seized the opportunity when he could, and the other waited until it was too late. One day, the bridegroom is coming. He's coming for his bride, for those who have trusted by faith in Jesus as their Lord and Savior. And when he does, you better make sure that you're ready. You can't wait until that moment. You can't wait until then because the Bible says, we don't know when that's going to happen. In fact, it tells us in the Bible that it's going to happen in the twinkling of an eye. That's your eye. That's how quick it's going to come. And it's going to be too late. So you better make sure that you're ready or you'll miss the opportunity and you'll be on the outside looking in. Are you ready this morning? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, what a powerful parable Jesus gives us in the last days of his earthly ministry here to not only remind his disciples, but to remind us to be wise, to be watchful, and to heed the warnings that we need to make sure that we're ready when the trumpet sounds. We need to make sure that we're ready when Jesus comes again. And the only way to do that is to call out to Jesus and to say, Dear God, I know that I'm a sinner and I need to be saved. I believe Jesus died on the cross, was buried in the tomb, and arose on the third day. Jesus, come into my heart and save me and help me to live for you all the days of my life. Father, I pray that if someone prayed something like that in their hearts, may they know that on the authority of the Word of God that says that if we profess with our lips and we believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. So, Father, I pray there'll be those who will make sure that they're ready. Lord, that once they've made that commitment in their heart, that they would come to publicly profess that faith in Christ to follow through with believers' baptism. But, Father, there are many of us who are here this morning. As believers, we know that Jesus is coming again one day, but for whatever reasons, maybe because of our, our, our lackadaisicalness or maybe because we just think, oh, it's way off out yonder. I got plenty of time. Lord, there's not a single one of us here that knows when our day of death will come. As the Bible tells us, it's appointed unto man once to die and then the judgment. There's not a one of us here also who knows when the trumpet's going to sound and the clouds are going to roll back and Jesus is going to come to take his bride home with him. And so, Father, I pray that we as believers will make the most of every opportunity, of every moment that we have before it's too late. Lord, that we will be growing in our walk with you. We'll be growing in the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That we'll be filled with your presence more and more, giving the evidence of our faith in Christ that when the bridegroom comes, our lamp is shining bright. And we're ready when the bridegroom comes. Father, I pray for your will to be done in our hearts and our lives this morning in this invitation. We give everything we have and everything we are to you. And we ask for your will to be done. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we stand, as we sing our hymn of invitation, uh, would you come this morning and make your profession to Christ? Come for church membership, whatever decision. As we stand, as we sing, will you make your way?
1: life more abundant than free. Turn your eyes upon Jesus.
0: You can be seated. Uh, Brother Tommy, if you'll come and share announcements.
2: That was a wonderful message. And if the Lord hasn't come back yet, on Wednesday night, we are having an Awana celebration to celebrate uh, what uh, the Lord has done with us this year. The church is invited. Uh, for those of you that don't know this church is very generous and they um, Your tithes and offerings pay for all that we do in Iwana and it's considerable So we invite the church to come and see uh, what goes on the kids are going to sing um, There'll be the pledges. There'll be a video of things that have uh, we've done all year not everything, but the good stuff so um, if you, um, if you come, we are having uh, supper afterwards. The celebration is from 5.30 to 6, short, sweet, and to the point. And then we'll, supper will follow in the fellowship hall. It is catered by um, Purdoms. So please sign up. The sign-up sheet is um, on the bulletin board by the pastor's office.
3: Just wanted to remind everyone, if you are volunteering uh, for VBS or if you are still interested in being a part of VBS we're gonna be meeting today at 4 and passing out uh, any decorations that you ordered from Amy and if you have any final things that you'd like to get in it'd be another a good time to do that as well and so also we'll be showing if you're if you're new at VBS this year and we're gonna be showing where your room will be at. and so please uh, be here for that and also, if you, were, if you drove by Highland yesterday, anytime between 1, 12.30 to 3, you probably saw some a car wash going on. We had a an awesome time this weekend uh, partnering with uh, Grace over here in, in Tullahoma and in Trinity in Manchester where our groups came together and we did Encounter Weekend where we had the opportunity to serve the community and pray for those in our community who uh, were going through some hard things. So uh, just remember to be praying for the students and. And always, you know, if you see a, a student walking by, ask them how you can pray for them. Because you never know how you interacting with them and, and, and letting them know you care can impact their walk with the Lord. Also, uh, coming up in May uh, on the 21st, I believe it is. This is a little bit early notice, but I wanted to go ahead and get this out there. Um, yeah, May 21st is going to be our graduate, sun, graduate Sunday. So if you have a student who's graduating, please uh, send that to me or Miss Amy whether it's high school or college uh, so that we can uh, be sure we recognize uh, those and uh, we have we'll have a a small gift for them as well. So please uh, give that in to me or Miss Amy and we will be sure to let that, you know, recognize that graduate that day as well as later that day will be our barbecue fundraiser for youth camp. Thank you.
4: Have to keep have to keep my walker close so I can stand up. Um, please be in prayer for the Terry Stone family and the passing of her brother Stephen Jolly. Uh, services were held yesterday in Martin, Tennessee. Um, and as always, keep BBS uh, in your prayers. And uh, the, um, I don't exactly know what to call it, I'm sure somebody will correct me, but the use of the mission house for Ukrainian refugees, Please be in careful prayer for that. It's it's a resource we have, that God gave us. We need to use it. Um, that's all I have, Pastor Matt. That's all I have. Let's be dismissed with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this wonderful day. We thank you for each and every person here and the families they represent. We thank you so much for the price Your Son Jesus Christ paid on the cross. And we look forward to that day when he will come again. In
2: Christ's holy name, amen.